0: Hey everyone, this is your hairpiece session with Emily. I'm your host Emily Mazur, aka Portland hairstylist. Hey guys, so for this episode I plan to give you a brief update about my salon search which I mentioned in the previous podcast, and I'll also continue telling you about my journey to becoming the hairstylist that I am today. I've realized that my personal journey as a stylist is just way too lengthy for a single podcast, so I decided to create a five-part series, which I will be airing on Tuesdays. Looking for a salon space is like trying to buy a house. You get your heart set on one and you start imagining how you're gonna decorate it, how you'd like the vibe to be in the space and how excited you are to invite your friends over. So far, I've checked out three spaces, two being in the Pearl, just a couple blocks away from 77 and one in the Southwest location, all in beautiful historic buildings the exposed brick along the wall, the weathered hexagon white tiles on the floor with the little tiny cracks, I feel gives a place just a little bit more character. And you know what? Thank God we're not destroying all of them to put up those brand new shiny condos. I mean, well, one of my friend lives in a brand new shiny condo and I absolutely love it. But come on, can we just keep a little bit of the older Portland? not every building needs a facelift they don't they don't need a facelift well out of the three there was one in particular that i really liked and i was all ready to jump on board when the landlord the second time that i saw it he's like oh you know i'm so sorry and that's when i'm like shit but the tenants next door, they want to expand. I really shouldn't have showed you this place. My heart dropped and I walked out of that space and walked around the corner and I started crying. What was funny about that encounter is the first time I had checked that out, the landlord had left, I was about to leave the building, when I saw someone in the space next to the one that I was looking at. So of course, I decided to knock on the door and introduce myself. I have a feeling that probably wasn't the best idea. I've been debating on whether or not I want to talk about this, but it is something that happened on my pursuit of finding my own slot. But let's just say the interaction was not a pleasant one. They did seem a little irritated and I opened up quite a bit I was like hey I'm considering moving into the building do you know the tenants next door like are they you know leaving and I feel that I probably should have held something back I did learn something very valuable well I mean, in a way, it was probably a good thing that I did, you know, approach this business and talk to the person because I really want to make sure that my neighbors are going to be cool, chill, and just friendly. That's really what's important. Secondly, I need to be choosier with my spaces. I love that space. It was only the second space that I looked at, guys. its I swear, it's like buying a house. And... It was really cute. It was divided in three sections. It had a seating area, a little kitchen area, an area where I could put a shampoo bowl. But the space that you could do hair, you could only fit two chairs in there. And and I wanted a salon that's a little bit bigger, so it wouldn't be worth it with the overhead. And then number three, and this is very hard for me to do, um, and I think this is why my clients and I get along so well is I need to be careful with what I'm disclosing with other people um I don't I'm not saying that you need to be kind of a little sneaky but like I said earlier you just need to hold something a little back I am very open with my clients I am very open with my friends my close friends um I do set up boundaries for sure but my friend earlier today Erin she's like you just seem so happy meeting people like you're always so positive and you love meeting new people and you love saying hi to them and I'm like yes because I always give people a person the benefit of the doubt you know so I am very friendly and I assume that other people are gonna be friendly in return but you know that's just that's not the case so I know with COVID-19 going on and us hairstylists not even knowing what it's gonna look like when we can return to work, even though I'm really pushing, looking for spaces, my ultimate goal is to get back into a groove at 77 Salon. You know, I'm still gonna keep you guys updated, but I miss my private studio and I really miss seeing all my clients. I love my studio. I've been in my room since April of last year, And what's great about it is the amount of space I have with my clients, the natural lighting. I started to get into plants and I've been buying plants for the salon. So I've been having a lot of fun with that Uh, and the amount of privacy that I have with my clients. So we'll see what happens. That's where I'm at looking at some spaces. Now, going back to my own story of becoming a hairstylist, as I mentioned in my previous podcast, My husband and I moved down to the coast. We moved because he got into a plumbing apprenticeship and I was a FedEx driver at the time. Well, there were no routes available, so begrudgingly, I enrolled at Palma to the school in Astoria, Oregon. We didn't have a lot of money and I wasn't working, so we moved into his parents' very small apartment. We both slept on separate couches and I was literally living out of a suitcase. Um, I did that for over eight months. I love his parents very much. They were so kind and generous, but the experience of not having your own space or your own privacy was very difficult. Paul Mitchell's school was located on the main drag in Astoria, and it was a very small eight chair hair school. The hair stations were located on the first floor And as you walk into the back of the school, there were stairs that led down to the classrooms, one for hair, one for nails, and one for aesthetics. I remember my first time in class, my arms were crossed around my chest and I looked like a pissed off teenager, although I was in my early 20s, because I thought I was around a bunch of ditzy individuals who just wanted to play with hair. And that beauty school students couldn't cut it in a four-year college they just they're not smart enough you guys do you remember my first episode i had to drop out of community college because i was flunking out i would pass one quarter and then i'd flunk the next and so i was a college dropout i had no business saying that to other people who are getting their certification Anyway, I'm sitting there with my arms crossed, being pissed off and not wanting to speak with anyone. When we started flipping through the pages of our book and we got to this section of the different face shapes. Your square triangle, inverted triangle, oblong, diamond, and of course, what they say in the books at beauty school, the perfect oval face shape, which by the way, I don't agree with that at all. And I'll go into a rant about that in later episodes. After going over the different facial shapes, we then started discussing how not every haircut works for each facial shape. What? There's actually a science to this? I mean, I know I've seen some unflattering haircuts, but I didn't realize that it could possibly be that their face shape didn't quite suit their hairstyle. That's when I realized there was more to hair. We then got into the different degrees of a haircut, your zero degree, which is just straight across, your 45 degree, which is your stacked bobs, 90 degree, which is pretty much a shag, and your 180, which is your long layers. Now I became very, very, very interested. There is a stigma with beauty school, that it's easy and you can't make a living from it and it's not practical. While well, beauty school is very difficult, it's not meant for everyone, and you can certainly make a living from it. In beauty school, you're not only learning a skill with your hands, but you're also learning the skills to communicate with others, making that one person comfortable in your chair while you're timidly executing your new skill and in beauty school and even once you graduate and students i am very very sorry to burst your bubble on this but you are going to make mistakes (gasps) hopefully as you get farther into your career and more knowledge and doing higher education your mistakes won't be as severe as when you first started you're going to learn what works and what doesn't work and you'll learn how to cut bangs for your clients so that they don't bounce up and become too short. And just a side note, guys, I still make my bangs too short sometimes. Um, <laughs> it's like just make them a little bit longer. Thankfully, I have not had any clients leave because of it. And I love cutting bangs. I love bangs. But I still make mistakes. Even with those mistakes with the bangs, I get sick to my stomach. Not just with bangs, but other, you know, colors or cuts. I've cried. And there's times when I'm just like, shit, this is not going the way that I planned. Either the toner for the color was too light, too dark, or the conversation is just not flowing. We stylists are passionate human beings. But the thing I can tell you for sure, that after being in the field for so long, and even with the occasional hiccups, I wouldn't wanna have any other career. And I know for sure that you students feel the same way. And I promise you, it gets better. When I was in beauty school, there were three things that sparked my interest, and still does today and those are the techniques that i've learned to implement a flattering haircut and the new techniques that are out there now the science behind formulating color and most importantly the one-on-one conversations i have with that individual sitting in my chair i get to hear and i get to have these opportunities to listen to other people's lives my longest client that i've had is eight years Gina has followed me around to my various hair homes. There was even a time where I wasn't working at a shop and she'd drive from Vancouver to Beaverton and I would do kitchen hair. Uh, Hey Gina, I hope you're listening, but thank you. I've really enjoyed having you as a client. I'm so looking forward to seeing you again and I can't wait to cut your beautiful curly hair. But you guys, those are the connections that we get to make with this career. So I'm going to stop right there because I will continue on going on rants and tangents, but I wanted to leave you with this. I didn't expect to become a hairstylist. I was kind of forced into beauty school and I found my passion. I love it. It wasn't what I expected at all, but I am so glad that I did now to continue on with emily's hair saga for part three of five i know this may sound kind of confusing but i'm still trying to figure out this podcast and how to lay it out i will go into detail as to how i ended up back in the portland area which i had to transfer schools i was at palma school in astoria i transferred up to northwest college of hair design what i recommend for students in beauty school to do while they're in school and what it was like to apprentice for Fada Salon. Fada Salon was owned by Fati and Danielle, who originally were stylists at Hickox. That apprenticeship created the foundation of my hair skills, and I'm still friends with those girls today. And most of those girls now work at my friend's salon, Monica, who is owner of French Cut Hair, which actually is right across the street from 77 Salon. So we got that. And I'm very excited because I just did my first interview and it was nerve wracking. I had to make sure that the audio was recording. Uh, I called my husband up to make sure I did it right. And I can't wait to air that for you guys. So be safe, be healthy, and above all, be hopeful. This is your hairpy session with Emily. I'm your host, Emily Mazur, aka Portland hairstylist. podcast written and produced by Emily Mazur, editing by 127 Media House.